Spoiler alert. This is a Dissecting Dexter podcast. Reviewing Dexter Season 5. There will be plot information for Season 5, and possibly previous seasons. You have been warned. So this is Christmas. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host Gareth Watkins, and this is not necessarily going to be the last podcast on Season 5 of Dexter, but will certainly be my final broadcast before Christmas. Um, Now, I hope you all caught the Season 5 finale podcast that we did last week with our good friends Heath and Matt from the US. Uh, I listened to it back myself, and uh, personally, although I say it myself, I thought we had a really good discussion picking apart the... uh, the pros and cons, the plus points and the negative points of the finale and the season in general, uh, although obviously we focused on the finale. But um, I thought we, I felt we did the finale justice. I will be today just just reiterating some of my own thoughts and maybe expanding on some of the thoughts I, I have myself about the finale. Uh, that will be coming towards the end of the podcast. What I'm going to be concentrating on today is going through the mountain of feedback that I received from you guys uh, about the finale specifically, but also some comments about the season in general. And we'll be going through all that. There'll be uh, quite a bit to go through. We've got a voicemail as well. Um, But before we get stuck into that, there are a few news items. Uh, The first one, perhaps most significantly, is that the... Dexter showrunner, the, the series showrunner this season, Chip Johansson, has been ejected from his position. Um, he took over from former showrunner Clyde Phillips, who had been running the show for a considerable time, and uh, he left over the hiatus to explore other projects. Um, but if you notice from the opening titles this season, he had been kept on, uh, well... He was still credited, shall we say, in the opening titles as consultant. Um, I don't quite know what that means. I certainly didn't hear his name in connection with any kind of creative input this season. So I don't know what officially what capacity, um, what or rather what involvement he still had with the show. But he was certainly listed as a, I think it was consulting producer, something like that. Um, so I thought that a little strange and I never got any any response or, or any answer as to um, what his involvement was in season five. I suspect creatively he had no input um, or maybe a tiny little bit of input in the for the premiere uh, with how uh, things unfolded immediately following on Rita's death. Uh, but Chip Johansson, obviously I'm digressing, Chip Johansson took over as showrunner and well... We've talked about how season five went, uh, potentially some, well, definitely some some pacing issues through the season and some serious issues regarding plot points. Characters simply dropped uh, towards the end of the season. Things that weren't wrapped up, left hanging there. Things that were, well, certainly took up a considerable amount of time earlier in the season. Um and we've talked about those in the in the discussion last week, and I'll be touching on those again when I give my own thoughts at the end. And 
obviously we've got a lot of feedback and 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 you guys pick up on on all those as well um so you could argue that the showrunner didn't do a very good job this season um and the season's not without its plus points and, and we'll be coming to that there was a lot of good this season uh definitely um but suffice it to say, Chip Johansson has been relieved of his duties. And taking over from him is the longtime series producer, Scott Bark, who has um, been involved since season two, I think. Um, but it's quite interesting. Um, uh, actually, at this point, perhaps I should... Uh, I-, I will. Yep. Excuse the rustling. I got an email from uh, our good friend Travis... Um, who emailed me and said, here we go, referring to the news that Chip Johansson has been given the boot and Scott Buck has taken over as showrunner, um, Travis says, this pleases me for the following reasons. It shows to me that despite the stellar ratings, somebody at Showtime realised that this season was a major dud, in brackets he puts at least in my opinion, and wanted to make sure it didn't happen again. And instead of grabbing some random producer like Chip, who had just got off the sinking ship that was 24, they got a guy who has a history with the series since its second season and should be familiar with its inner workings. And Travis concludes by saying, I hope I was the fortunate one to be able to break the news to you. Uh, Well, Travis just about was. Um, It was only a few minutes earlier that I'd noticed the news in a message on Twitter. Um... And I replied to him and said, this is very interesting and good news. Uh, We've talked about the gaping holes in the season. And in the discussion podcast last week, we talked about how the last two or three episodes seemed rushed and how all that stuff was dropped and certainly not very good planning. And of course, they drafted in the outside help for episode 11. Chip Johansson had good experience from 24 that could have helped with the faster-paced episodes like the one with Dan the Dentist, which seemed very 24-esque. But Scott Buck has been around for ages, and of course he knows Dexter inside and out. They really need to get an end date for the show, though. That's my feeling, and uh, certainly the feeling of one or two other listeners that we'll, we'll come to. And they need to plan for how they're going to finish Dexter's story and pace the inevitable reveal to Deb. So I think Scott Buck has all the credentials and the experience needed to bring all that to fruition. Whether season six, which as we know is definitely happening, but whether it's going to be the last ever season of Dexter remains to be seen. We've talked about the renegotiations for the the cast and crew that will need to take place. Obviously the cast most significantly because of their impact on the budget. Um, So whether there'll be a season seven, I don't know. I hope they don't just string it out for the sake of it. That would that would just be a shame to let the character and the show just fade away. That would that would be tragic. Um but that's that's good news. Scott Buck taking over as showrunner. So I've I've waffled enough about that. Um the other news rustling again. Um it's awards season coming up and good news for Dexter. Lots of nominations coming its way in the golden globes it's nominated for best tv drama it's in good company amongst the likes of boardwalk empire the good wife mad men and walking dead boardwalk empire and walking dead i have been watching and enjoy both um mad men is the perennial favorite 
and seems to uh, win awards every year. The Good Wife I've not seen. Um, I hear fairly good things about it. Heath, actually, he was on the show last week. He um, uh, recommends The Good Wife. He, uh, he says a lot of good things about it. I think Dexter has a fairly good chance, although... I don't know. Walking Dead has had quite an impact, so we'll see. Uh, actor in a TV drama. Sorry, I just had a, a brief brain freeze then. I uh, couldn't get my words out. <laughs> um, Michael C. Hall is nominated for Best Actor in a TV Drama alongside Brian Cranston for Breaking Bad, Steve Buscemi for Boardwalk Empire, John Hamm for Mad Men, and Hugh Laurie for House. So, apart from Steve Buscemi there, the usual suspects... Uh, I won't go through all the uh, all the nominees because this is a Dexter podcast. But uh, I think Michael C. Hall he has a good chance there. Supporting actress, well, not surprisingly, Julia Stiles is nominated. Um, I think I think she deserves an award. I think she's done really good work this year. Whether you like the Lumen character or not, and let's face it, the audience is. Fairly divided, although certainly from the feedback I've had to this podcast, um, I would say the majority is in favour of Lumen and that her character arc and character and certainly Styles' performance have all been good. So uh, good luck there, Julia. Uh, the Screen Actors Guild Awards are coming up and Michael C. Hall is, um, is nominated for Best Actor amongst the same fellow candidates as for the Golden Globes. Uh, Dexter is nominated for Outstanding Performance by an Ensemble in a Drama Series. Uh, Dexter is up against Boardwalk Empire, The Closer, The Good Wife and Mad Men. And also, strangely, <laughs> Dexter is nominated for Outstanding Performance by a Stunt Ensemble, which surprised me. Um, excuse me, a burp then. Um, not many stunts in Dexter, but... Um, Obviously, what stunts they were went down rather well with the uh, with those uh, behind the nominations for the the Screen Actors Guild. So, um, good luck to Dexter. Right, I've waffled enough. This this intro has gone far too long. Um, but this, of course, isn't a conventional uh, episode review podcast. Uh, so I'm sure you'll forgive me. Um, oh, and I've not commented on the weather, have I? Okay. Well, very briefly, it's bloody freezing again <laughs> it's icy my screen washers are frozen up so um my i, I can't see outside my car because the windscreen is all if it's not iced it's the bloody salt off the road and the spray that comes up and you i just can't clear it i had a had a bit of a wipe off the window earlier and all i've done is just smeared it so um i'm gonna have some fun driving home tonight uh, I know from some of the emails I've had in, <laughs> you guys do seem to take a, a just a passing interest in um, in, in the state of, of the weather here. And, um, well, I hope it's a bit warmer wherever you are. Right. Enough waffle. Enough. Let's get stuck into the listener feedback, because that's what you're tuning in for, to find out what fellow listeners thought of the finale in the season. So let's get cracking. Listener Feedback. Well, we've got some really great emails to go through. So let's crack on, get straight into it. Paris Hardy in Alabama, regular contributor, has written, Well, here we are. Can't believe this season flew by so fast. Ironically, this was the very first time I was able to watch the show while it was on television. It's been a blast watching and listening to the podcast. I really appreciate the excellent work you've done, Gareth. Thanks, Paris. Who continues? 
First, I feel I need to point out an interesting fact. The title for this episode in the opening credits is The Big One, obviously alluding to Harrison's first birthday. Strangely, the title for the episode in several internet articles and even on my DVR is listed as Through a Glass Darkly, alluding to Deb's finding the vigilantes but not apprehending or actually seeing them. Just the first weird thing I had to point out. Several things about this one were off off for me. The biggest problem I think I had was the ending. I knew there was a possibility that Lumen was going to leave. I just didn't enjoy how it panned out. I was left feeling like she used him and then was done with him. I did enjoy Michael C. Hall's performance here, though. I thought he was going to explode when he made the comment to himself about Lumen's dark passenger disappearing. Second, they did exactly what I thought they would do with the Liddy storyline and sewed it up. I could understand Dex clearing Quinn, but that shouldn't have swept the entire case under a rug. Yes, Batista was the only one besides Quinn who seemed to care. There was tension in the moment of Quinn being implicated, but no real payoff. I guess they needed Quinn to be with Deb so they could illustrate how utterly alone Dexter is again. The writing on this one was all over the place, but enough complaining. I'll just jump in there. Um, Paris, you talked about the episode title, and we had some feedback last week uh, from Writergal about the episode title. It sounds like Through a Glass Darkly was the original episode title, although I haven't had this officially confirmed. This is just just what it seems to me. Um, and, and for some reason, they then changed it uh, to the big one, which uh, could have uh, alluded directly to Harrison's first birthday. Uh, but for a moment, I wondered if the big one was going to refer to the moment Deb finds out about Dexter. Um, so when we had that standoff scene between the plastic sheet, I thought uh, maybe this is it. You also talked about um, uh, the Liddy storyline being sewn up very quickly. Yeah, I mean, we we talked on the, uh, the, the the roundtable last week with Heath and Matt about the, the negative points of the episode. And, uh, and, and you touch on um, some of them there. Uh, Okay, Paris continues. I did enjoy the showdown with Jordan, though I would have liked a background as to why he started all this. The first thing I thought when Lumen delivered the killing blow is that Jordan's death wouldn't be enough. She seemed shocked during the scene, almost disappointed. On that level, I can almost understand why she chose to leave. All her tormentors are dead, and if she did stay, she would only be in Dexter's way. Finally, the subject of Deborah. I have to say that I enjoyed the walk-in scene. I honestly thought Lumen was going to make a wrong move and then be taken out. Can you imagine what would have happened? I think Deb knew who was behind the curtain. I like how the scene was played. She's torn between what she wants to believe and what she knows is the truth. No matter how much she flirts with the idea of wiping out the bad guys, she's still not a cold-blooded killer. I think seeing Dexter without the blinder, or glass darkly, would push her over the edge though she makes a comment about at the very end about how relieved Dexter must be that it's all over. Proof that there's still a confrontation to be had between brother and sister when all is said and done. I did enjoy the episode and the season as a whole, though. It leaves the remainder of the series open to the final stages in Dexter's evolution. I can't wait to see where they go from here. Thanks very much, Paris. Great to hear from you again. Yeah, your, your comments in that in that second chunk of your email, uh, echo some of ours from last week. Disappointment in the lack of background to Jordan Chase and his gang and what really motivated them. We, uh, Alex Tilden mentioned how persuasive Jordan can be, but that, that's not enough to turn all these guys into uh, serial rapists, is it? Um, and 
Boyd Fowler must have had some homicidal tendencies to um, be so willing to dispatch all those girls after the gang had been done with them. Deborah, you, you thought Deborah knew who was behind the curtain. Heath last week theorised that maybe she did, and I, I, my feeling was that she didn't, uh, categorically didn't. Um, and to me, that was confirmed by the way she spoke to Dexter at the end, as if to say, well, you know, it's all over. Um, and there was no hint, no sideways glance, nothing from Deborah to plant any doubt in my mind that she had any kind of inkling that Dexter might have been the one behind the curtain. But, you know, that's my opinion. That's my interpretation of things. You obviously, uh, and, and Heath indeed, and I'm sure a lot of other viewers may still um, have seen enough to think that uh, there's something there. And, and Matt, has, uh, who was on the show last week, he has long held the uh, belief that subconsciously Deb has memory, uh, uh, albeit an inaccessible one at the moment, a memory of what happened with Brian Moser at the end of season one when she was on the table and Brian and Dexter had that confrontation and, and conversation, um, that that may well come back to her at some point. Maybe it will. Uh, that would be interesting if she suddenly... Maybe she has a bang on the head and <laughs> this memory comes back to her in a kind of flashback. But we'll see. We'll see. I know I always say we'll see, but <laughs> we will. OK, next email is from Michael Lanich in Pennsylvania. So, the season is over. Deb almost, and easily could have, discovered Dexter. She did have her gun pointed at him, though. I was glad to see Lumen live, though sad to see her leave Dexter. In part, I understand her reasoning, but I still think she is the best thing for Dexter romantically, even without a dark passenger. Julia Stiles did a phenomenal job this year. I think the backlash against her had more to do with her romantic involvement with Dexter and the fans who miss Rita than her abilities. I think she did really well. I'm hoping Julia agrees to come back in the future. Just to interject there, Michael. Yes, I agree. I think Julia Stiles did great work and her, her, her Golden Globe nomination is uh, testimony to that, but we weren't the only ones. Uh, um, the feedback to this podcast, as I've said, has, has been largely in favour of Julia Stiles and the character of Lumen. I think you're right. Maybe the backlash is more to do with some people feeling that the romantic involvement was a bit too... It was a bit premature, a bit soon after Rita's demise. Uh, but I think I'll touch on that a bit later, and, and I'm sure we'll revisit that topic again with some of the other emails. Michael continues, One of the few bad things I have to say is that I'm starting to get tired of the guest star roles in that they last one season. I was hoping that they would break this cycle by signing Julia Stiles for another year secretly. It's hard to become emotionally invested in a character you know will die or leave by the season's end. Yes, I agree, Michael. Um, they do this every year, don't they? And it would be nice if they uh, pulled a fast one on us and, and had a guest star uh, reappear next season. But story-wise, I can see why Lumen, uh, why she left. Um, that she'd, she'd got the closure she wanted and maybe she felt she was no good for Dexter. Um, and, and, if by hang, and, and by hanging around, she would end up implicating him somehow. OK, back to Michael's email. Dexter's shattering of the plate spoke vo volumes and nicely mirrored his anguished scream in the season opener. 
I think Dexter was angry at his dark passenger for again taking someone away, albeit not through death this time. Again, his chance at happiness is taken away. I truly think he fell hard for Lumen, and not as some rebound, but fully and truly. Maybe it was, or is, too soon for Dexter to really go down the romantic path, but he looked so broken and saddened that it almost brought a tear to my eye. With his comments about keeping her dark passenger with him always, Dexter knows that at times it is more romantic and beautiful than almost any show or movie around. I thought that the season would end on a twist. My guess was Liddy having sent a box of, with copies of the Dexter Lumen tapes to Deb's desk. Last shot, the camera so slowly pans to a box on her desk, and closer, it shows unmistakably that it was sent by Liddy. I rank this season third behind season four and season one. Some predictions and hopes for the future. I've always maintained from midway through season two that Dexter was a tragic tale that would end with Dexter becoming human and leaving his dark passenger behind, just as his past comes back to haunt him and lead to his arrest or death. Maybe like Lumen, Dexter needs to purge his dark passenger forever. Only then will Lumen be ready to be with him. She's currently the only one who knows what he is and has loved and accepted him for it. She can't be part of that now, but maybe in time she will be ready to be a part of his life. Right before it comes crumbling down, that is. It's what I'm truly hoping for. She's alive and that means she has a chance. I think if Dexter can be right, can right himself, in some ways she owes it to him to give him a chance. Bring back Lumen. He put that in capitals, that bit. Uh, Michael continues, Deb gets LaGuerta's job. Whereas Deb is a highly intelligent and excellent officer who would earn her way to the position, LaGuerta is a manipulative opportunist. Even though at times she can be nice, I feel she will really screw up, and with everything Deb has done and will do, she would be the consensus pick, I think, for her job. Maybe she can use her added power to protect Dex. Aster gets over any lingering issues she has and has and views Dexter as her father. By her reaction to wanting to stay with Dexter in the finale, it appears she's ready to let go of her mother's death and her belief that Dexter was responsible. It was touching her interaction with him in this episode, especially at the end. Deb and possibly Quinn finds out about Dexter. Quinn owes Dexter and consents to never say anything and helps Deb come to terms with what her brother is and finally gains Dexter's approval as the man for his sister. Dexter dies. My guess? Deb and another serial killer. Dex loses his edge big time. His dark passenger is gone and his instincts and skills diminished as a result. He is mortally wounded. Deb comes to his aid and kills whoever it is before killing Dexter to put him out of his misery. Great podcast, Gareth. I'll continue to write in. Keep up the good work. Cheers to you and everyone listening. Thanks, Michael. Cheers to you too. Um, some very good predictions there. I find it... Well, I can't really argue with any of them. <laughs> um, your last point there uh, resonates with me particularly about Dexter dying. I've uh, talked about it uh, multiple times now that I think I, I can see Dexter dying at the very end at Deb's hand, and your prediction there um, seems to, to fall in line with that. Uh, I think, well, at the risk of repeating myself, I, I think um, she will find out the truth about Dexter. There'll be some sort of situation, she's got a gun pulled on him, and she chooses, maybe at his request, to kill him rather than take him in and, and let it all let the whole truth and history come out and be made public and damage Astor and Cody um, and, and tarnish Harrison. 
I like your uh, prediction there that Deb gets Laguerta's job. Um, you're right in your, your observations about the different character traits of Deb and Laguerta. Would Deb want such a position of responsibility, though? She does seem to relish the hunt. She relishes the investigation. She loves throwing herself um, headfirst into into any investigation. And um, she see, that seems to be what drives her. Whether she'd want the desk job, well, relatively speaking, uh, uh, that, that position of seniority... I don't know, or, or whether she'll whether she'd she'd take the job, feeling it as an opportunity to um, correct the the trend that Laguerta had set in the department. Um, that would be that would be interesting. Obviously, Batista has seniority, uh, so you'd expect him to be in line for it first. But if there was some reason why Batista couldn't get it, then you'd fancy Deb's chances of being offered it. But um, whether she'd want it or not, I don't know. Thanks very much, Michael. Cheers for that. Right, next up, Barbara from New York, who uh, wrote a couple of emails, the first of which uh, actually put a really big smile on my face and a nice a nice warm, fuzzy glow. I've had that a few times this year with some of the feedback I've had. Uh, and, and just for my own ego, I'll read this now. Barbara writes, I'm sorry I came so late to the game and only discovered the world of podcasting a month or two ago. Yours is one of the best. I love how you tape it from your car, and we can occasionally hear planes flying overhead or a truck rumbling by. It lends to your down-to-earth approach that far exceeds the slick, produced podcasts filled with professional radio voices amusing themselves with witty observations and sometimes incorrect knowledge of the show. You're a fan like we are, a fan who goes above and beyond in preparation, and for that I'm very grateful. As far as apologising for a podcast that goes over an hour, you really should consider instead making a two-hour podcast every week. Ha <laughs> ha! I know that's selfish of me, but I could easily enjoy much more Gareth rather than less. <laughs> As season five closes, it's making me <laughs> chuckle and, and grin a second time of <laughs> reading it. Uh, sorry, Barbara goes on. As season five closes, I already miss your podcast and have just begun to listen to your season one review. Wonderful job. Thanks again for your good work, pleasant material and excellent delivery. Or well, thanks very, very much, Barbara. That's fantastic email. I'm going to print it out and... Fr well, I've got it printed. I'm going to frame it. <laughs> fantastic. Thanks. That's really... Um just reward for the, the the time I spend on, on on this podcast. I need no further reward than that than, than to read such great feedback and, and knowing that knowing that people enjoy what I do. Um, I don't get any kind of financial uh, reward for doing this. I do it because I love the show and I want to talk about it. And to know that you guys like to hear me talk about it is uh, is reward enough so thanks very much as far as missing the podcast um don't worry although season five is is coming to an end or has come to an end i'm going to be doing well obviously there's this podcast i'm going to be doing another one in the new year very soon in the new year uh that i'll be talking about in a little bit uh but then i will be going back to the rewatch podcast and picking up where i left off with that going back to season one and then We'll go on to season two. So who knows how far I'll get before season six comes around again. So I shall continue. Barbara goes on uh, in a second email to say two things. I imagine there are differences of opinion on the season finale. I can tell you cheers interrupted in my household when Deb told number 13 and boyfriend to be gone before the cops got there. Wonderful. 
The fact that Lumen lives is fantastic, and since her quest for vengeance was satisfied, it was only fitting for her to move on, having left Dexter with the knowledge that he isn't all monster, but human too. And Barbara's second point is, this isn't a spoiler unless you read the books, and if you have a rule about never mentioning the books, and I apologise for this, well, don't worry, Barbara, because I think we've established before that the books, after the after season one, the books took a different direction and the, the, the TV show was taking its own direction. So I don't think there's any overlap now. But uh, Barbara writes, I know that only the first book was similar to the first season of Dexter. And even there, some great differences occurred and subsequent seasons aren't associated with the books. But in the book series, Deb does in fact learn about Dexter and she more or less accepts the truth. Most people believe that if and when our Deb learns about her brother, she will either shoot him or arrest him. Well, there might be an alternative to that. Hope you do more podcasting. I'm going to miss your show as much as I'll miss Dexter. Thanks for everything. Thanks, Barbara. In regard to your points, uh, yeah, I was... <laughs> well, <clears throat> the, the scene, the standoff scene between the with, with the plastic between them... I was getting excited thinking, this is it, she's going to find out, and my excitement was building in that regard. And then when she walked away, I was, I was, I was still pleased, because I thought, yeah, we've, st- we've got another will-she-won't-she moment yet to come. Um, I mean, you can argue that the writers are stringing it out, uh, but bear in mind, when they filmed that episode, they didn't officially know that they were getting another season, so let's consider the possibility that had the show been cancelled that could have been that could have been it and Deb never found out about Dexter or certainly not within the um, not within the show so that, that was a possibility that we could have uh, never had that moment but uh, I, I, well with season 6 to come God, they've got to haven't they they've got to explore that avenue got to I mean how many more prolific serial killers can one city accommodate um to to just to keep stringing it out i I don't know um your second point uh regarding the books and that in the books deb does learn about dexter and accepts it that's possible that they could go down that avenue in the show we've seen well we saw deb let them go didn't didn't we obviously well maybe not so obviously but my opinion is that she didn't know it was dexter behind the curtain uh and she let them go what if she knew that, that? What if she finds out down the road that that was Dexter? Yes, she'll be shocked, and maybe it will trigger some suspicions from her memory, uh, uh, such as when she found Dexter at the Mitchells' house, uh, and maybe in talking talking about it with Quinn, um, he may think, "Hang on a minute, maybe it will finally confirm to him how much Dexter was involved in Trinity and the, and the, and his family." It's possible that she does does accept it. What that will mean subsequently between them, I, I don't know. Uh, this this is the the remaining major uh, long running uh, plot point of the show is is Deb not knowing the truth, and and we assume she will at some point. But where can the show go from there once she does find out? I, I don't know. I don't know. Thanks, Barbara. Let's uh, let's go on to another email now. Unless you want me to hunt you down, please email your feedback to dissectingdexter at gmail.com. 
Thank you. Deanna from Alberta, Canada writes, I really enjoy your podcasts. They are thoughtful and insightful. I wouldn't worry about the length of them myself. I like hearing everyone else's thoughts and predictions. Thanks, Deanna. Well, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this podcast because it's pretty much all listeners' thoughts and predictions. She continues, just finished the finale show, and while I had a couple of disappointments, it really was a good episode. There's a lot of negative out there, and it might be somewhat of a letdown if you compare it to season four, but I think on its own, it was very good. I love, love, loved Deborah confronting Dexter and Lumen in the cabin. Her acting was outstanding. I really thought she might catch her brother as a season cliffhanger. And for the writers to get me to believe that after all the other past close calls, well, kudos to them. Jordan Chase on the table was outstanding as well. It was great how he still tried to get into Dexter and Lumen's head, claiming to have made her. I knew he would be dead by the end of the season, but the writing and acting made it still exciting. My main disappointment was how easily the Lydian Quinn storyline was wrapped up. The detectives have fingerprints, surveillance records and cell phone records that all implicate Quinn, but abracadabra, Dexter fudges the blood evidence and Quinn is in the clear. Somehow I feel let down by that. Do you think that hastily tossed laptop in the bay will come back to get Dexter next season? I love the symbolism of Dexter blowing out the candle in the very last moment of the show. With Lumen, Dexter's light, gone, he is truly going to be guided by the Dark Passenger. Thanks, Gareth. Can't wait for your next podcast. Stay warm. Thanks, Deanna. Well, I'm trying to stay warm. I've got, what, four or five layers on at the moment, and true to form, I'm still sat in the car, and it's still blooming freezing out there. Um... Okay, so to your point, um, yes, agreed, the Liddy Quinn storyline was wrapped up. We obviously went into some detail about this last week, uh, and uh, obviously you you agree with us there, and, and pretty much everybody does. The laptop in the bay, well, given that they dropped um, quite a few things this season without without sort of concluding them, such as the uh, Fuentes brothers storyline and, and Officer Manzone, I wouldn't be surprised if we never see that laptop again. You see, if they if they cleared Quinn, whether they had this other evidence or not, you'd think then they'd be thinking, well, who the hell did kill Liddy? Let us emphasize again, Liddy was a police officer, albeit a recently, um, <laughs> recently relieved of his duties permanently. Um... You thought they'd then start scouring the area for more evidence, and wouldn't they be searching for a murder weapon? Uh, you know, if, if someone's murdered in the vicinity of, of any body of water, a river, a pond, a lake, it's surely standard operating procedure for the police to then uh, send the divers in and, and trawl the, the area. You know, they check drains and things for murder weapons and other evidence. Um you'd expect that laptop to have been found, wouldn't you? Now, it's possible that they're learning, that they'll learn from their mistakes. I, I talked earlier about the showrunner changing. Uh, there'll be some different creative guidance. Uh, maybe that laptop will come back. Maybe they'll resume that, um, that, that little uh, plot point. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll get some tidy up on the, the Liddy murder storyline and the extent of Quinn's... Uh, the, the the suspicion of Quinn, because like you say, let let us not forget that that it wasn't just the the spot of blood on Quinn's shoe. There was other evidence tying him to the scene, uh, which uh, in in some other feedback is mentioned that 
that could be argued is circumstantial, but surely it's still, you know, there's no smoke without fire. And they, they were pretty much <laughs> positive that whoever Liddy was, um, uh, whoever he had under surveillance was most likely to be suspect number one. So surely they'd still pursue that avenue of, of, of inquiry. And given Quinn's, um, Quinn wanting to wanting a lawyer, um, they'd be thinking, well, if if you're innocent and that blood in your shoe wasn't Liddy's, why ask for a lawyer? Why why clam up like he did? You know what I mean? There's there's so many aspects to this that just it's just messy, just messy, and it detracts from what you know. In my mind was was a pretty good season generally. Okay, Diana, thanks very much for writing in. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Let's see. Alison in Washington, D.C. writes, So the season five finale. I don't know about you, but I went to bed thinking it was a six or seven out of ten episode. Woke up thinking maybe it was more like an eight. Actually, came to the realisation I did enjoy the plot and was glad Lumen found exactly what she was looking for. However, there were some serious loose ends. They just tied up way too neatly and unlikely in the last five minutes. There was also some weak writing, especially on Dexter's thoughts, which is usually my favourite part of the show. Also, I found it very unbelievable that Deborah would just walk away from Jordan Chase lying on a table with a knife in his chest. I will say I'm glad there was no huge finale drama at the last moment, like the season four ending. I think that would have been way too hard. Excuse me. That would have been way hard, way too hard to top, and the writers knew it. Next season will be interesting, Quinn and Deb and Dexter. I like the open door to Lumen as well. Overall, I thought it was a good season, and its peak was in the middle part. P.S. We should also debate debate who is hotter, Quinn or Dexter. It's a really tough call. Whoa, Alison. <laughs> I thank you for your email, but bloody hell, that's a debate I'm not going to go into. <laughs> Obviously, if uh, the female listeners <laughs> uh, want to... Um, fight that out then uh, then you're welcome to write in and uh, maybe I'll I'll keep a vote going <laughs> and um but I'll, I'll leave that to you I'm, I'm not going to go there <laughs> um god uh, okay so yeah the the finale didn't have a cliffhanger at the end um and you're right maybe in light of what happened at the end of season 4 uh they it, they were right the writers uh, not to try and top that uh, your rating of the episode, 6 or 7 out of 10. I would go... God, I, I almost said 6 then. I would say 7, possibly 7.5, because of the emotional impact of the episode. There was some good character stuff for Dexter there and Lumen, and uh, a lot of emotion in there that, that boosted the score. Unfortunately, the loose ends and the, the messy writing in other aspects of the episode... Uh, lost the episode some points and I have to say it the season as a whole uh, but I'll talk about the season as a whole at the end and, and my overall thoughts on it okay next email Ray in New Jersey he writes hey Gareth congrats on the podcast it's awesome thanks Ray uh, he says I've been following you since the beginning of season five and I have to say that it definitely enhances the Dexter experience now, I am a little upset at the ending for the simple fact that it did not tie up a lot of loose ends like the Santa Muerta case and the Quinn and Stan Liddy story was a bit rushed. I guess it's hard to be satisfied with the end of this season after experiencing the end of season four. Let's hope six is a much better one. On another note, 
the thing about Rita's ring. Remember that he had stopped wearing the ring until Boyd Fowler pointed out that he was married and when they were taking that ride together, due to Dexter's ring mark. I believe ever since he has been wearing the ring. I'll keep it short. Thanks for the podcast. And like most people say, your accent is awesome. Oh, and you recommended The Inbetweeners, and I started watching, and it's great. Thanks, Ray. Glad you're watching The Inbetweeners. I would be interested to know, I mean, it sounds like it does, but how well the the British schoolboy humour translates to America. I mean, we've all got... A lot of humour is universal, uh, but we do have our own... I guess our own... What's the right word? Quirks of, of our... Of, of, do you know what I'm trying to say? In our sense of humour, um, there may be some aspects to our humour that doesn't always translate. Uh, but I'm glad you're enjoying the in-betweeners. It's, uh, it's <laughs> very rude, uh, a lot of fun. Um, and uh, they're back for... I don't know if you know, they're doing a film where they have their first foreign holiday. Uh, they go to the Mediterranean, one of the Mediterranean islands, I think, and um, no doubt get up to all sorts of uh, messy mayhem. <laughs> but I digress. The wedding ring. I remember Boyd Fowler pointing out uh, the ring mark. Now, I can't remember whether Dexter had taken his ring off uh, purely to disguise the fact that he was married when he was going to meet Boyd. Uh, and then Boyd noticed the mark. So, it, you know, it didn't really matter whether he had the ring on or not. But obviously we saw at the end there uh, the ring came off just prior to Asta joining Dexter at the party. And uh, that was symbolic. Um, Dexter may be ready to move on. Uh, but your, your comments about the season as a whole, the loose, sto- the loose ends, yeah, all perfectly valid. So thanks, Ray. Next one, Matt Humphrey. Well, the season's over, and now I must put myself into a coma until next September. I hate waiting almost a year for new Dexter. Here's my thoughts. I thought the episode was pretty good for the most part, although I felt severely cheated when Deb came so freaking close to finding out, only to willingly leave. Oh, excuse me, I'll read that again. (laughs) When Deb came so freaking close to finding out, only to willingly leave. Sorry, I didn't put the right emphasis on that when I read it. Uh, Honestly, I was so enraged about that that I zoned out for the next ten minutes. I'll have to watch the episode again, this time without seeing Red. I haven't even barely considered what it meant for Deb to have gone against her morals to let criminals go. None of that matters because I was cheated out of the moment I've been waiting five seasons for. Honestly, it was time she found out. At this point, they've drawn it out too long. Also, with Lumen gone, we can almost guarantee that Dexter will remain truly alone for the rest of the series. They aren't going to rehash the storyline of someone discovering who he is, accepting it and being his soulmate again. If Dexter gets another love interest, it will probably be someone, like Rita, who he has to keep secrets from and would never accept his dark passenger. And what of the Santa Muerte and Sierra Manzone? I guess that's been dropped, which seems a bit strange and lazy. Oh well, besides those things, I honestly enjoy the finale. Great acting all round, and I really enjoy Quinn and Deb as a couple slash detective team. P.S. Just read about the Hall Carpenter divorce. Apparently there were problems between them on set throughout the season, with Jennifer airing the couple's dirty laundry to castmates and crew. Hopefully Michael C. Hall doesn't use his executive producer's status to have Deb killed off next season. 
Thanks, Matt. And thank you for your regular emails throughout the season. Uh, you've certainly been one of the show's most uh, regular contributors, and I appreciate that. Um, regarding the divorce, I wasn't aware that Jennifer had been um, airing their dirty laundry um, in public. I did hear that things uh, might have been a bit awkward on set, but if she's been uh, complaining about him to people, that I don't know, that's that's maybe not, not entirely appropriate. Uh, I did read that the split was amicable, so I don't know. I mean, as... As it's always the way in these situations, you, you never get to hear the full story and, um, you know, a bit of smoke and mirrors going on and he said, she said. Uh, but hopefully, creatively, it won't negatively affect the show. I really hope not. I know you've been a great advocate this year of that, that Deb needs to find out about Dexter and soon for the sake of the series. Um, but, well, you know... You, I, I'm kind of between two minds about how I feel about her not finding out at the end of this season. We've still got another season to go, fortunately. At least another season. Hopefully, well, I'm sure they'll tease us some more. Um, but it's going to be exciting. It's going to be interesting to find out um, how she eventually discovers the truth. And, and I'm sure they'll they'll string it out and, and tease us as, as she ever so slowly finds out. And maybe maybe she'll get... Well, well, here's a question. How are they going to handle it? She's going to find out eventually. I think that's a given. But will she find out as a kind of major revelation? She sort of walks in on him in some compromising position. Or will it be just slow suspicions and as things slowly dawn on her? Sort of the slow burn effect. Right, thanks Matt. We'll we'll move on. Right guys, if you already follow the show on Twitter, you'll already know what I'm up to in January. Obviously I'm picking up the rewatch again, but I'm also doing one final sort of farewell podcast to season five of Dexter. I'm gonna be doing gonna be running down the highlights of season five by way of honouring a season that's gone and being a bit interactive with you guys as well. So what I've asked via Twitter, and I'm doing it now in the podcast, send me your top five moments, your highlights, your top five highlights from season five. Doesn't matter what it is, could be something big, like the uh, Deb Dexter Lumen standoff in the final episode, or maybe something humorous that, that happened, maybe, uh, I don't know, Masuka's Justin Bieber comment, something that made you laugh, something that made you cry, something that's stuck in your memory from season five as, as being particularly good. Doesn't matter what it is, your top five drop them in an email send them to dissectingdexter at gmail.com and what I'll do I'll collate I may even do a top 10 depends how many responses I get but I'll do a rundown and do something a little bit special in January by way of saying goodbye finally to season 5 so send me an email dissectingdexter at gmail.com with your top 5 moments from season 5 and we'll have a countdown of our top moments from season 5 that'll be a special podcast coming up very soon in the new year Hey, Gareth, this is Travis from beautiful, warm Southern California calling to give you my thoughts and opinions on the Dexter finale and just, I guess, the season in general now that it's over, if you'll have them. Uh, I guess just for me overall, I like the finale. As an adamant Lumen hater, uh, really the only thing I wanted from the finale was Lumen to be gone. And that happened, so I'm happy. I mean, I'm completely aware of a lot of the flaws and 
things a lot of people will be disappointed about with the finale. I mean, I'm, I completely understand a lot of that. Certainly with the whole Deb not catching Dexter. I mean, such a cop-out. But besides the point, I mean, I was pleased as punch. I mean, I was happy about it. Uh, but just uh, the season overall, if I can just touch on it now that we know everything that happened, uh, I mean, I still think it was a letdown. I mean, I don't like feeling that way, but I still think it was. Uh, the way I feel that way is I, I kind of see this whole season as uh, pointless, meaningless. I don't know. I mean, if we just look at the characters where they are now as they were at the end of season four, like nothing's changed. Dexter, he's still in the mindset of I can, I'm always alone. I could never be with somebody. I'm stuck with these kids, you know. He's still in that way. Deb hasn't found out about Dexter. Quinn is still suspicious about Dexter. Uh, LaGuerta and Batista, they're happily married, which is how they were at the end of season four before their problems started this season. You know, Miami Metro hasn't wisened up. Uh, so it just kind of seems like this season, uh, nothing's happened. Uh, there's been no growth or anything. Uh, I imagine a situation where in the future, if someone were to want to watch the entire series of Dexter, they could hypothetically skip the season. Nothing's happened, I suppose, except for Deb and Quinn getting together. I mean, I, other than that, I guess that's it. Dexter got a super nanny. Mary Poppins is a nanny, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't even really felt, feel Dexter atoned for Rita's death, you know, whatever that means. Uh, you know, Aster seems to be the only character who brings up the idea of Dexter helping Lumen to make himself feel better about Rita. But the way I see it is, I mean, he was helping Lumen perhaps to make himself feel better about Rita, but the moment he slept with Lumen and got romantic with her, it stopped becoming about Rita and started becoming about Dexter himself. You know, I don't really see, uh, I don't really see any sort of atonement or any sort of address of Dexter feeling guilty over Rita's death. But anyway, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I guess that's it. Uh, I, I look forward to hearing other people's thoughts. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to season six. I want it to be good. Keep my fingers crossed, but, who you know? Who knows, man? I'm just glad Lumen's gone. Cause this, well, I'm glad she left. Cause if she died, it'd just be season four again. And if she was stayed, then it'd be Dexter with a sidekick, which I'm not particularly interested in, see, interested in seeing. But I know other people would be. So I guess this season it was no win either way for me. Even with her, even with Lumen gone the way she is, I feel. I feel a little sad for Dexter, even though I wanted her to leave. I I understand it probably would have been better if she stayed because she did kind of leave arbitrarily. Anyway, Gareth, you're the man. Keep it up. You know, put put a sweater on. It's getting cold outside. Later. Oh, Travis, you're just full of the joys of the festive season. <laughs> and thanks for rubbing it in about the, uh, the nice warm weather you're enjoying there. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Uh, no, seriously, thanks for the voicemail. Um, you bring up some interesting points that oh, I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to issue a rebuttal against. <laughs> I just all this loom and hate. I I just don't. It just doesn't resonate with me. You're not. You're obviously not the only one to uh, to have not bought into her character or not appreciated what she's brought to the show this season. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not one of them. I, I've enjoyed it. You talked about some of the broader negatives of the season and how really someone new to the show could avoid the season altogether. 
I disagree. You said that nothing changed for our major characters. For me, and I emphasise this is obviously just my opinion, I'm sure there'll be others who um, agree with you out there. Dexter's had an interesting journey this year. He set off in a mess following Rita's death, but then found real optimism and hope that he could change, that there could be a chance of beating his dark passenger once and for all, becoming normal, as he puts it. He realised he wants to be a good dad. He had the realisation via Harry that Harry was wrong about him. That moment, that admission, cannot be understated. How different could his life have been if Harry had treated him differently, guided him down a different path? The finale left his current state of mind slightly ambiguous. That dark look, is he regressing? Is he just resigned to being the way he is? Is he, is he almost given up trying to change? I, I don't know. As for Deb, she killed her first person and felt no guilt. That was significant for her. Her relationship with Quinn, she's been in relationships before in the show. Uh, sharing relationship, this time with someone obviously with questionable integrity, but latterly in the season, there were signs there that he's wanting to change and, by his own admission, wants to be a better person. So, with that said, perhaps Quinn's story arc, his character arc this season, went further than uh, Deb's did. Although, the <coughs> excuse me, the finale saw her essentially let two murderers go free. Bottom line, they had committed multiple murders, yet she let them go, knowing what Girl 13 had gone through, though, of course. That was massive for Deb, whose integrity and sense of justice has always been a strong characteristic. Now she's crossed her line. She said to Quinn about how she's in no position to judge anymore, and that's true. Not without being hypocritical anyway, and that's not Deb to be a hypocrite. Yeah, I would I would argue that um, things have developed for our characters um, and that it would be it would it's still worth watching for a, a new viewer to the show. I, I certainly wouldn't suggest that they skip season five. Um you talked about Dexter sleeping with Lumen. Yeah, he wasn't expecting to get romantic with Lumen. He felt the connection that they had and it helped him focus. He doesn't have the same developed rational emotional responses of the majority of us. He is improving, but he's not there yet. When she made a pass at him, I guess it just felt natural for him. They had a very real connection. OK, so thanks very much, Travis, uh, for your voicemail. Sorry to uh, to disagree with you on, on some of your points. Uh, but hey, that's that's what this section's for, is uh, a bit of lively feedback and discussion about opinions of the show. I'm not saying you're wrong, I'm not saying I'm right, but, um, you know, it's good to, good to chat about it. So, uh, hope to hear from you in the new year, dude. Right, on to an email from Lida in Chicago, who says... Did you see the terrifyingly cold look on Dexter's face during the final seconds of the finale? It put a chill up my spine. This look alone made me think of some possibilities of Dexter in future season six. It seems that while Brian's death led to a huge outpouring of emotion from Dexter, that is, he often had verbal blowouts and killed in a more haphazard way. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. 
Sorry, burping. I've just had my lunch. Um, Rita's death led to a more quiet, disjointed Dexter, who also killed without the use of the code. That murder with the anchor key in the men's bathroom. These two huge deaths affected him in a way that I feel the audience wanted him to turn out. More human, more emotionally evocative. However, his reaction at Lumen's leaving was almost an enormous backward cranking of all this emotional progress he'd made. You could see a tangible difference. Dexter unpacking groceries and excited for Lumen to meet the other people in his life. And then Dexter smashing dishes. Did you notice his crouched position in the kitchen was identical to his position after killing Brian, and when he was a child in all the blood of his mother's murder? Absolutely amazing performance from Michael C. Hall. Whereas he was once okay with showing his true self to Lumen, who he considered to be like him, and therefore made himself feel more linked to other people, her leaving only tore this concept apart because, as it turns out, she is not like him. Her need was a temporary desire for vengeance, not an all-consuming true need like Dexter has had since birth. No, she's not like him at all, and this realisation has destroyed any wish for Dexter to be more like everybody else. My prediction, from seeing his face in those final seconds alone, is that Dexter will shrug off any semblance of this blooming humanity and fully embrace the monster. He thinks that's all he is and all he deserves. Whereas Brian and Rita's death led to a blossoming of his inner true human self, Lumen's leaving will only push him more towards the cold, calculating man we began with. Truly heartbreaking. Lumen, you bitch. Anyway, love your show and look forward to every new episode. Thanks, Leader. Some really, really good points in there. Um, and I notice you're, you're a first-time contributor to the show, so uh, thank you for that, and, and thank you for putting these really good thoughts down for us to, uh, to all enjoy. I referred to your email, actually, in last week's discussion podcast, I don't know if you heard it, with Heath and Matt, um, referring to your thoughts about the cold look that Dexter had at the very end and whether you, you thought he might take a big backward step. And that's a very real possibility. The ending was left very ambiguous. And again, we must slightly bear in mind that at the time they filmed those scenes, they didn't know they were getting another season. So maybe they preferred to leave Dexter's future open to open to debate, leaving us wondering how it was going to turn out for him. His emotional reaction to Lumen leaving was fascinating. I, well, his, <clears throat> his, his, his voice cracked. He was visibly moved. And I expected to see the first Dexter tear, as, as I've mentioned before. Um, I thought maybe that was what was going to hit the plate as opposed to the plate hitting uh, hitting the side of the kitchen. But that reaction, that sort of violent outburst, well, his anger, I think, anger at his dark passenger, anger at his inability to shrug off this dark passenger and 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 get rid of it once and for all. His realisation that Great, yeah, Lumen's Dark Passenger wasn't an all-consuming need that he perceived it may have been. Um, but it was in fact just a temporary need for vengeance that he was able to help her with. 
Um, and that's a positive he can take from it, is that he was able to help somebody, um, whereas so far no one has been able to fully help him, only in a more sort of temporary capacity as Lumen did. She could have been great for him. Great performance from Michael C. Hall, completely agree. I've not looked back and, and looked back at the episode where he killed Brian Moser and his posture after doing that, but you, you mentioned it was identical, and something tells me that was deliberate on the part of the, the show's producers. So where does that leave him for season six? As I say, the ending was suitably ambiguous, so really, your guess is as good as mine, but... I'm excited to find out, but God, we've got, what, nine months to, to wait? How are we going to cope? Oh, I know. Let's rewatch some old episodes and podcast about it. Now, there's an idea. <laughs> Thanks, Leader. Ren Mulligan from Yokosuka in Japan. Our first correspondent from Japan. That's great. He says, although there were no big surprises or reveals in this season finale, I can't talk enough about what it did for character. Dexter's despair when Lumen was leaving marks what I would say is the most touching moment of the show. The facial twitching that he did was everything about Michael C. Hall's performance in this one scene was amazing. I'm sad to see him go down the darker path because being invested in Dexter as a character, I want to see redemption, even though that would mean an end to the show. Could the show end with Harry on the kill table, thus in his mind killing his dark passenger? Also, just wanted to give a quick observation. 23 minutes into this final episode, I noticed the actor playing Jordan Chase licking his lips, much like the Joker in The Dark Knight. Awesome, subtle tribute. Great show once again. My ears perked when I heard myself mentioned on the podcast, Mr. Colourblind. I can't wait to hear what you have to bring to the table for this final episode. Thanks, Ren. Um, your reference to Mr. Colourblind, that was your iTunes review that you left for me, which I appreciated. Um, Johnny Lee Miller, of course, played Jordan Chase, and he brought he brought some good stuff to the series this season, which I appreciated. And and you and I, Ren, were in good company because other people did too. Um, not just uh, you mentioned the licking of his lips, which you thought may have been tribute to Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker. There was a moment when Chase had Lumen uh, restrained in the. Uh, the um the camp and he he leans right into her with his mouth open as if he's going to bite her uh which i found quite, which i found quite disturbing um so another a sort of visual from johnny lee miller there in in his performance he he did good work and uh, you give credit to michael c hall there as well and uh, you predict or you, you throw it out there that the show could end with Harry on the kill table. I think, and, and I've mentioned before, that there is a major confrontation with Harry to be had down the road. Uh, now, I've, I've said in the past that, uh, or theorised that Harry represents the Dark Passenger. Whether he does or not is still open for debate, uh, and we've talked about it at length in the podcast. Uh, but I think there's a major confrontation to be had down the road where there's got to be a lot of anger welling up inside Dexter towards Harry that um, has yet to surface, uh, stemming from Harry's admission that he was wrong about Dexter. So that's that's to come. And whether Harry symbolically ends up on the kill table, that could be an interesting scene and one I would, 
I think I would enjoy seeing. Thanks, Ren. Charlene from France has written in uh, with um, with some extensive thoughts. Although she spares us, uh, she she wrote four pages about the finale, which she emailed to me with some some wonderful thoughts and, and theories and, and opinions. Um, she could almost set up her own podcast talking about it. She had so much to say, which is good. Uh, but her email writes, I just couldn't stop writing. Uh, I went overboard with this one. So, um, But she says, here's my participation to the feedback section. Two words come to mind when I think about the season five finale. Intensity and frustration. Most of the episode had me on the edge of my seat. I couldn't help but jump and scream at the TV. It was brilliant, epic and perfect. Towards the end, some of the scenes just kept disappointing me. The mediocre writing was too obvious at times and some mistakes can just not be forgiven. Dexter says in voiceover, Rudy, my brother, did the people in charge of writing the script even bother to research the characters? Did they watch the previous seasons? No, Mr Morgan, your brother's name is Brian Moser, not Rudy. And I'll interject there, Charlene's right. Um writing that and uh could be laziness i mean dexter knows full well that his brother's actual name is brian and not rudy rudy was the pseudonym that brian used in season one of course um and yeah you touch on the mediocre writing and uh yeah it was the, the finale and the last couple of episodes really sort of set set up those those dangling plot threads that weren't tied up um uh, and we've we've talked we talked a lot last week in the discussion show uh, about those. Charlene continues. Jordan Chase is going back to the origins of all things, taking Lumen back to the camp where he held her captive before and where everything started with Emily Birch, his first victim. This is probably his way of trying to be in control again in a place he knows where his methods have proven have been proven efficient, but Lumen has changed as well. She's not the victim she used to be. She has grown. She has the strength she didn't have before. Jordan notices that too when he says, You've changed. You've got this look in your eyes. Did you learn that from him? This clearly states that Lumen has come a long way, mainly thanks to Dexter. She's a fighter now. She doesn't just stand there waiting for something horrible to happen again. Julia Stiles did an excellent job throughout the season, and especially in this episode. Lumen's interaction with Jordan really made the finale a great moment of television. Jordan's overconfidence turns out to be a fatal mistake when it allows Dexter to take advantage and finally put Jordan on the killing table, improvised at the camp for the occasion. But Dexter isn't the protagonist during the killing scene. Lumen takes control, facing a still confident Jordan Chase. He knows this is the end for him. He knows he is about to die. But still, he tries to get to Lumen, pushing her to her limits. In this scene, Lumen appears for the first time as a professional killer. One moment in particular sounded like a classic Dexter kill room line. When Jordan pronounces her name, she comes close to him, leans in and says, You don't get to use my name. She's not afraid anymore. She's comfortable with what she's about to do. And Dexter's look expresses how impressed and possibly how proud he was to see her handle this so well. When she stabs Jordan, she doesn't hesitate. Not a slight second. What started with Alex Tilden is now confirmed. Lumen clearly has a dark passenger. Yes, Jordan pushed her, but still, she has it in her. You could feel it in that scene. She's the perfect partner in crime for Dexter. It has never been so obvious. And Dexter enjoyed watching her kill Jordan almost as much as if he had done it himself. 
He seemed intoxicated. He had that look he always has after killing someone when the need is satisfied. And I'll jump in there, Charlene. Uh, I I completely agree. The look on Dexter's face, he was... There was pride there in his face, wasn't there? He was impressed by her. And her lack of any hesitation in stabbing Jordan. Um, I guess you can... You can say it shows maybe that she's she's got this dark passenger guiding her, but also I think he he brought back everything that she'd felt in the words he was he was throwing at her um brought back everything she felt at being incarcerated uh held captive and abused raped etc um all that pain and suffering came back to her in a big rush and and manifested itself in that um in that unhesitating stab to his chest um so i i think that was probably more of an explanation for her um her lack of any hesitation in killing him um and it was a culmination of 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 her journey really of the season the final the final stroke, shall we say. Um, now, you can argue whether or not she has a dark passenger. She certainly did, albeit probably a temporary one. The fact that she's left Dexter uh, in the manner that she did and at the time that she did signifies that she's got the closure that she was looking for. She doesn't have any remaining need to kill anybody else. And that's great for her, uh, not so great for Dexter, although he obviously has the satisfaction, although maybe he doesn't feel it at the moment, the satisfaction that he helped her and she successfully, he successfully guided her, um, guided her to the light, shall we say. Charlene continues, Johnny Lee Miller's performance was brilliant in this episode. All his scenes were perfectly acted and he was even creepier than he was before. Jordan losing his temper and having to handle things himself was the best thing that could happen to the character. Too bad it happened so late in the season. I won't go into the details about the way the writers decided to let Lumen go. I was so disappointed about that point. Lumen was a great character with an interesting storyline, but they ended up making choices that made me feel like building up Dexter and Lumen's relationship was a waste of time. It also, I also felt really frustrated when Deborah chose to let the vigilantes go without even identifying them. In that moment, I felt it was out of character for Deborah. Finally, I wanted to add that, despite being disappointed by some aspects of the finale, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm the kind of fan who tends to forgive even the biggest mistakes or disappointments. Season 5 was overall extremely enjoyable, and at least one huge thing happened. Deborah is finally going to learn Spanish. If season six is the last season, Deborah has to find out about her brother's true nature, and it might take at least one entire season to develop that aspect of the story. Heck, with a lot of luck, maybe Lumen will return, but wishes, of course, are for children. Thanks for your amazing podcasts. I hope you'll keep entertaining us and bringing us insightful information about our favourite serial killer. Thanks, Charlene. You've, uh, you've emerged as a very astute and thoughtful observer of the show. Uh, Dexter, the show that is not the podcast. Although I, of course, do appreciate your uh, your positive feedback about uh, my performance in the podcast. Um, your final point there about the writers letting Lumen go. 
You can, well, you can look at it cynically and think, well, Julia Stiles is yet another one season guest star. Um, and if you just look at that, you think, well, yes, it was inevitable she was going to go at the end of the season. And I think we all kind of felt that, that she wouldn't stick around. She's first and foremost a movie star, isn't she? She's not A-list, but uh, she's got a pretty good movie career going. You think, you know, she's uh, going to sign up for a season. Um, the character's journey was completed in the season. I don't know. I... I would have liked to have seen their relationship explored a bit more. Maybe she will come back for a brief appearance. I don't know. I've said that if she'd stuck around that she could have ended up implicating Dexter. And of course that wouldn't have been a good thing. So maybe she was being cruel to be kind. Maybe that was it. Yeah, I like that. Cruel to be kind. <laughs> okay, thanks Charlene. Next email. Writer Gal has written in and she says... Well, another season has come and gone, and for the most part, I loved it. The only thing wrong with the finale was that Lumen's leaving came from totally out of the blue. But because this is TV and Julia Stiles has fulfilled her contract, I understand why things happened the way they did. Yes, the Liddy investigation with Quinn was wrapped up too quickly, but the blood on the shoe was the only thing that tied him directly to Liddy's death. All the other evidence, even though there was a lot of it, was circumstantial and wouldn't have stood up. Quinn could have claimed quite accurately that he didn't kill Liddy, and a polygraph would have cleared him, in some eyes at least. That's a good point. Uh, she continues, Lots of things were wrapped up tidily. Batista and LaGuerta, Quinn and Liddy, while other things like Jordan's background, the remaining Santa Muerta murder, etc., were dismissed because, again, this is TV, and there simply isn't time to deal with everything. But the suspense, Dexter racing to rescue Lumen, Deb walking in on Dexter and Lumen was terrific, and who knew the writers would take through a glass darkly, so literally, through plastic sheeting indeed. It broke my heart, literally, when the woman Dexter had grown to love explained that she no longer felt the need to kill, and he did, so she had to leave. Actually, I think she may have been the one person on earth who could have assuaged Dex's need to kill. But she didn't stick around to help him figure that out. If this had been real life, they probably would have stayed together for a while and then gradually realised it wasn't going to work. But this is TV, so off Lumen went. I cried. Poor Dex. And that's the beauty of this show. We love the serial killer with a heart of gold because he does have a conscience, however stern, and he does have emotions, though he doesn't completely realised it. Realise it. Can't wait until season six. Thanks so much for all your hard work, Gareth. I'm so glad I discovered your podcast. Thanks, writer gal. A nice summary there of uh, how the season rounded off. Uh, you seem to be, well, you are, you're very forgiving about the nature of the show, being a TV show, and that they don't have buckets of time, um, so they have to prioritise perhaps what they focus on. That is very forgiving. Um, obviously, I, I suspect you, you probably heard our uh, discussion podcast last week in which we weren't as forgiving. Um, to my mind, they know how many episodes they have. At the beginning of the season, they didn't know whether they were going to get another season. So they really they really could have planned better. And as we know, they drafted in outside help for episode 11, um, which we've discussed and debated about the rationale behind that. Uh, yeah, some of the things were, some of the plot lines were just left or dropped left hanging, left ambiguous. Um, 
we could argue, well, we talked last week about the Quinn and Liddy storyline, that that was left a bit messy and, and not tight, not not wrapped up tidily. Uh, Batista and LaGuerta was tied up, um, but you can argue whether Batista was made to look a bit of a bit of a chump, a bit of a wally, uh, at forgiving LaGuerta quite so easily. But you could argue back that love conquers all. <laughs> Who am I to argue with that? Um, it was heartbreaking, Lumen leaving Dex. So that was a really great scene, emotionally. Um, and, well, I'm not going to repeat myself again, um, giving my opinions on that scene. Um, but, yeah, it, I, I felt choked seeing Dexter's reaction and his, and his very sort of croaky, don't go. Oh, great, great work all round. Great performances from uh, Styles and, and Hall there. So thanks, writer gal, uh, and and thanks for your regular emails through the season. Um, hopefully, you'll listen to the rewatch podcast and maybe uh, send in some thoughts on some of the earlier seasons. Um, although, of course, the the rewatch podcasts are spoiler free, so we'll only be talking about what's gone before and not what's to come. If you know what I mean. Uh, so thanks again. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. Okay, next, uh, a quick theory from Terry Barlow in Florida, who uh, was referring to the finale podcast last week, uh, just quickly says, the FBI guy that you talk about disappearing after the initial episodes. I believe the nanny is an undercover FBI agent. The little saint statue may have even been a bug or a camera. Just a thought that may play into next season. Well, that's, that's an interesting theory. And as regular listeners of the podcast all know, um, I did originally hold the belief that the nanny would would play a, eventually play a more significant part in the season, and she never did. She was just kind of there. She was a plot device just to sort of keep Harrison occupied. Um, whether she will reappear in the next season, I mean, let's face it, Dex is still going to need someone to look after Harrison. Uh, so whether Maria Doyle Kennedy will be back to reprise her role as Sonia, we shall see. Um, maybe next season she'll play a bigger role. Uh, or maybe I'll just let that theory go. <laughs> Thanks, Terry. Andre Smith in Australia has written in to say, It's your friend from the colonies, Australia, and I fully expect you to read this email in an Aussie accent. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> this season I felt was pretty good. Despite the underwhelming fun final episode, I'd put it somewhere between season two and three in terms of quality. But I was a pretty big fan of season three. But that speaks for the quality of the writing of the whole show. Anyway, I enjoyed listening to your podcast this season, and I think I'll go back and do the rewatch. Thanks, Andre. Uh, I hope you do go back and, and listen to the rewatch podcasts I did. Oh, was it six or seven? Um, and I will be picking those back up again in the new year, probably towards the end of January at a guess. Um, we'll be resuming those and then going on into season two and so on. So um, I hope you join us for those. Uh, and uh, I'm resisting the urge to do an Australian accent on this occasion. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Right, guys, well, that wraps up the feedback that I've received. Um, I'm just checking. I think I've covered everybody. Apologies if I've missed anybody out. If I have, let me know and I'll put that right next time. Um, if you want to 
email in, maybe in response to some of the feedback today, you can. It's dissectingdexter at gmail.com, where you can also send an MP3 voicemail if you like, or you can phone into one of our listener lines in the US. It's 206 350 And in the UK, it's 0844 579 6949. And with the UK number, as you all know, you enter 08320 as the mailbox number when the friendly voice prompts you. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dissect Dexter or my personal Twitter, which is at Gareth underscore UK. So to sum up where I am with regard to season five and my opinion of it, I enjoyed it. I really did. It had some pacing issues at different times, but overall the character arc of Dexter has continued to develop in my opinion. And also we saw development with Deborah and Quinn, love him or hate him. And we had an interesting character arc with Lumen and I enjoyed her interaction with Dexter and what she meant to Dexter, and what Dexter meant to her, and how they helped each other in their own ways. Now, obviously Lumen has gone away quietly with the closure that she was seeking, and rid of that temporary dark passenger. Dexter, it seems, misjudged her in that regard, but he's got to be, he's got to be pleased. He's got to be pleased for her. And he said about keeping her darkness with his own, and that's sad, that's sad, because it sounds like, it sounds like he's resigned to being the way he is. Has he given up hope? He says at the end, wishes are for children, and and that's just tragic. That really made me sad for him, blowing the light out, like the end of a chapter, Lumen's gone, here he is, here his dark passenger still is. You know, poor Dexter. I mean, I've talked in this this podcast responding to your emails I've, I've given some of my further thoughts on on events in the finale and the season and the characters uh, so I won't I won't repeat it all now um, but I feel kind of well as I say I feel sad for him I don't know where he's going to go from here I've used the word ambiguous and that was how the ending came across certainly insofar as where Dexter goes from here we still need to have that whole thing unfold as to, uh, with regard to Deb finding out. And I have complete confidence that she will find out. It's just a question of when and how. Dexter's relationship with the children. Harry said to him that salvation lies with the children. And that may yet turn out to be true. That may give him his focus in the next season. He had, I mean, the, the kids were sent away rather hastily this season. I'd have liked to have seen a bit more of that interaction with them prior to them going away with the grandparents. There was more scope there. I think they went away far too quickly. But I guess the writers needed to get them out of the way to move things along. But I was touched by Asta essentially coming round and making up with him. And I love that scene earlier in the season in the car where Dexter, uh, in the episode where Dexter helps Asta's friend um, Teenage Wasteland, that was the episode. And that scene in the car where he tells Asta he loves her. And then as they walk away uh, to the house to go in and see Cody, 
and I think they were holding hands and Dexter's voiceover says that he just wants to be a good dad. And I said in the podcast at the time that um, that really touched me as a parent. But for Dexter to come out and say that was was a big thing for him. And coupling that with Harry saying the children are your salvation, maybe that will be Dexter's focus for next year to try and keep himself keep his head above water to stop himself drowning into that darkness again so with regard to the finale as a as an episode we talked last week about the negatives and there were a lot of negatives but there are a lot of positives as well my uh, my feelings now is that it was it was a decent episode saved by the character stuff um saved by the conclusion of lumen's arc um, uh, saved by the the impact on Dexter and the, the place we're left at now as to where he's going to go from here. The season as a whole, as I say, I've enjoyed. OK, I'll do it. If I'm going to rank the season, I would still put it above season three. I would rank season three last. And... God. I think I would then have to put season five in there. So in order of increasing greatness, season three, season five, ooh, (laughs) now I'm pushing it, oh god, I can't do it, those top three, one, two and four, they're kind of interchangeable for different reasons, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bottle it. I'm not going to do it. But I will say that season five I enjoyed and got more out of than season three. I think character-wise there was more to be had from season five. Okay, so that brings us to the end of season five. We're left now on the verge of Christmas. Today is Wednesday the 22nd of December as I'm recording this so I'll get this edited today and and uploaded so hopefully you guys have a chance to listen to it before Christmas I guess all that's left for me to say now is thank you thank you everybody who has supported the podcast either by writing in phoning in tweeting me and thank you to the vast majority of you who download and listen to the podcast. The, the silent majority. Thank you. I go I'll just once again mention the highlight podcast that I hope to do in January I would encourage anybody who enjoyed season five to drop me a line just with your top five moments from the season drop me an email dissectingdexter at gmail.com or even ring into one of the voicemail lines and if if you want to uh, talk about your your favorites in a voicemail you're welcome and I'll collate them and compile the, the most popular nominations and do a special podcast in January, just, to, just as a final farewell to Season 5. And after that, we'll then be picking up with the Rewatch podcast. So I hope you'll, you'll stick around and enjoy those with me in the new year. And finally, I'm just left to say, 
Happy Christmas, everybody. Thanks for your support over the year. It's been brilliant fun. Enjoy Christmas, or if you don't celebrate Christmas, you may not. Have a wonderful holiday period. Have a great new year, and I'll speak to you in January when we'll be certain to dissect some more Dexter. Take care, guys. Cheers.